This week's podcast brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS to choose from over 85,000 titles for your iPod or MP3 player. Please. Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Doug from Hoobastank. Hi, this is Josie Loren. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi. And I'm Richie Sambor. Hello. I'm Tommy Lee. Hi, this is Molly Bryant. This is Alicia Witt. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. Hi, this is Julie Mann. Hello, I'm Phil Collins. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner of The Apprentice. Hi, this is Chelsea Hobbs. Hey, this is Lindsay Lohan. Hi, this is Joy Nordenstrom of Joy of Romance, Inc. This is Alec Baldwin. Hi, this is Christina from Survivor Redemption Island. Hi, I'm Holly Jorgensen, creator of Make It or Break It, and you are listening to What Do They Say? Did you hear... Did you hear? 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 What do they say? Now you get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Duvet Said Cultural Entertainment Digest found at whatduvetsaid.com. I am your host, Jason Duplissy, coming at you from Duvet Studio South in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who owes me a nickel for every time he clears his throat during today's show, your host, (laughs) Robert Bob Duvet. I'm actually podcasting to you from the seat next to Alec Baldwin en route from L.A. to Duvet North. Ooh, be careful. I hear he plays games. <laughs> Don't you love it? He freaking loses his mind because somebody took away his video game. <laughs> I do kind of love that, though. But you know what I love about that? Is no matter how great Alec Baldwin is on 30 Rock or on Saturday Night Live, Alec Baldwin is still the asshole that he's always been. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess he's just got... An enormous, 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 like, uh, ego and, and sense of entitlement. And, eh, hey, maybe, maybe we need to occupy the seat next to Alec Baldwin on airplanes. <laughs> I think the occupying thing is over, isn't it? Isn't, uh, can we put a, put a plug in uh, Occupy and have done with it? I think so. I, they cleared, you know, last night they cleared the encampment in San Francisco, which I think was one of the, you know, the last of the major city ones. And they came in and swept in at one o'clock. And the funny thing that I noticed from it, they had been posting letters of eviction to these people for the past couple, three weeks. And <laughs> yes. when they finally did roll in, the protesters, you know, were on the news and they were saying, I mean, they didn't even give us any warning. They just came in, and five minutes later, we had to leave. And I'm thinking, what about all those other warnings they gave you? Yeah. You had, like, weeks. Anyway, I don't get the whole – I think the Occupy thing – it's for their own health and safety, man. It's cold out here. Well, and I don't think they're – the Occupy movement has stopped being about what the Occupy movement is trying to stand for and has become about it itself. Mm, Good point. Good point. I'm just that- uh, um, just to, to close the book on Occupy for, for us maybe. I am tired of people talking about the 99% because oh. it doesn't represent 99% of the – 99% of the people are not on board for this movement. <laughs> I also think that so, 99% of the people are not 99%. True. That's another good point. So I wish they could just do the math a little clearer and figure out exactly what the percentage is they're representing. Like, you know, we're 45% or something, but it isn't 99% and stop saying it. And MSNBC, please stop trying to co-opt this movement for your own purposes. Um, they're, they're really they're, – they, they hurt the movement more than anybody, I think, uh, MSNBC by turning it into their version of the Tea Party. I think what what you and I should do, Rob, because we are always yes. uh, keen on social commentary, is yes. six months from now, actually what we mm-hmm. should do is right now we should start uh, complaining a lot about BP. And British Petroleum? S- yes. You, you don't okay. remember why we should be angry at British Petroleum? 
Uh, oh, they destroyed New Orleans. Exactly. Hello. They destroyed New Orleans. So let's be angry about, at BP right now. Let's protest and say, don't go to BP. Let's, let's, let's really hammer that home. And six months from now, let's uh, write a little piece of paper explaining how we are the 99% and hold it up to a camera and take a picture of us and see what kind of response we get. <laughs> Okie dokie. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if people are uh, still talking about this in uh, April. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay, won't. all right. Done and done. We are done occupying the Occupy movement. Thank you. Let's, let's have an early New Year's resolution and stop talking about it right now. Done and, and done. Start Occupy talking what? about our guests. Ooh. Ooh. Do we have guests? Well, in addition, since I've been sitting next to Alec Baldwin on this flight, I have coaxed him into coming here. I've assured him that he will be allowed to play his video games here in Duvet North. So Good. keep your fingers crossed that everything goes uh, swimmingly and Reba and I are able to get him into the studio because I think it would be nice. It would be very topical. Quite a get, but in a, in lieu of Alec Baldwin, if he should run off or lose his mind, we have this is topical. Jace, you ready? This is timely. I'm I'm ready. We have two of Santa's more controversial reindeer right here up against the the green wall. I didn't know Santa had controversial reindeer. Oh, he does indeed. We have Prancer and Blitzen, and both what? have been quite busy lately. I don't know if you know, Prancer has a tell-all book, um, I, and it's entitled know. The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Hooves Banging on the Closet Door, Gay in the Sleigh, My Life with Santa, One Reindeer Struggles with His Sexual Identity. Oh, wow. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. Prancer apparently, uh, you know, coming out, and uh, he really wants to tell, share what, what life was like, uh, you know, being a closeted reindeer um, up in the North Pole. So that ought to be interesting. And if that isn't enough, Jason. I hope it helps Bambi all... come out. <laughs> Bambi? Yeah. <laughs> Reba! Jason wants Bambi on the show. Yeah. Okay. Who else do we have? Dustin Milligan? No. <laughs> we'll get to him. <laughs> He's been really difficult to get on the phone and try and get on the show. And I'm surprised he could use the publicity. No, this is another one of Santa's reindeers, Blitzen, and oh, yeah. he is rumored to be slated for the next season of Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. Apparently, here's how he earned his nickname. Uh, we're going to hear all about how the deck was stacked against this reindeer with an addictive past living in the North Pole surrounded by all that snow, the crazed work schedule and life in Rudolph's shadow, and many other revelations. Blitzen is on the show today. Wow. Um, I have a question for you, Rob. I can understand how both reindeer could write books, but I don't know how yes. we're going to interview them on a show that's primarily audio. You've seen the uh, the the Santa's uh, movies. You know they all talk. They talk oh. when they wanna. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, why couldn't we get Vixen on? <laughs> I was, you know. When I was looking through my Rolodex trying to get guests and, and me and Reba were going through it, we were debating whether or not there was indeed a reindeer named Vixen. Yeah, I think there is, isn't there? On Donner, on Blitzen. Oh, yeah, there is a Vixen yeah. for next week. Right. Maybe we could get Vixen and Hickson. <laughs> I like it. You know what Reba I... Reba <laughs> and Hickson! You know what I noticed last year, and for all of you who follow my Twitter account, you already know this, but I haven't done it yet. I, I, do you deck the halls at your house at all, Rob? Do you set up uh, Christmas decorations? Is, is that, okay, so that's what decking the halls refers to, is just uh, getting the house all festooned? Yeah, you, it's decked. You know, you're all decked out. So, yeah, you, you deck Ah, gotcha. Halls. Okay. Yes, we have. Uh, my wife has gone uh, holiday mad, and it is uh, looking really good here. Lots of... Brightly, blinkly lights and the trees up and we have stockings and everything else. So you, you're, you're ready to troll the ancient Yuletide Carol? <laughs> if that's what's necessary, I will do it. 
Right. I have not yet to deck my halls. I'm I'm since Ooh. I'm just here by myself. I occasionally have guests over, and I, I do like to have it Christmassy. But what I noticed last year, speaking of Vixen, I have a little nativity scene, which I have more for the sort of Christmas decoration than the uh, right. celebration of the birth of the Christ Child. Um, but I noticed last year as I was setting it up that the angel in my nativity scene is smoking hot. Ha! Ha! I like how Vixen spawned all of that uh, reminiscent. Uh, that's good. What about you? Do you have any holiday reminiscences for us to, to hear about? We got uh, one or two more shows before the holiday. We'd love to hear about it. Send us an email at whatduvaysaid at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Facebook. Facebook number's climbing, Rob. Yes, yes. We are four away from the magic bison dose, dose centennial. And you can find us by searching for What Do They Said in your little search engine there on Facebook. We're on Mevio.com, What Do They Said, uh, Mevio.com slash What Do They Said, I believe it is. And yes. uh, a couple other places, which uh, we'll spread out over the show to tell you about. Or you can give us a phone call at... Why don't you do that? Why don't you call us at 415-93... No, 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 that's my eye doctor's number. 415-937-0445. That number is recorded. That's 415-937-0445. But leave us a message. And, you know, it, Jason, it just occurred to me. I can't believe it's been a year already. It is time for you listeners, Duvet Nation, to start sending in your pictures, your sexy pictures of you in Santa outfits. So I'm thinking of a few people. Madeline Dillard. Oh, right. I forgot that was our holiday tradition. It is. It is. So get on that. There are you, Milligan. I know you got yourself a Santa's outfit. <laughs> Get yourself a pretty little vixen sitting on your lap this year. Do you notice how last week, poor Dustin Milligan, who we were trying our, our darndest to get um, you know, some recognition for his role in, was it Shark 3D or something? Shark Knight 3D, yes. Shark Knight 3D, but midway through, uh, you know, our outrage that, you know, he wasn't being recognized or it would be hard for him to be recognized in the machinery that is Hollywood, we, we started calling him Nick Milligan. Yeah, I noticed that. But then listening back and looking back at my uh, Screen Actors Guild Award nominee ballot, which I'd like to touch mm. on this week, uh, his character oh. in Shark Knight 3D was named Nick. So we weren't entirely ah. Okay, okay. So uh, we kind of incorporated to I can't help but think, though, somewhere there's an actor out there named Nick Milligan that's getting all kinds of phone calls from agents and producers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel for them. Uh, do, yeah. do you want to touch on the SAG Awards now, or would you rather uh, talk about the news? Um, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's do the SAG Awards. Okay. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll touch on the news. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I want to hear about the SAG Awards. Okay, um, the SAG Awards, now to catch those up who are new listeners to the show, um, the Screen Actors Guild Awards come out every year. They're much like the Academy Awards ceremony or the Golden Globe Awards. It's the, to honor actors in the Screen Actors Guild. And the way it works is they pull 2,100 members of the Screen Actors Guild uh, and they randomly pick us and say, you get to choose who gets to be the nominees for the awards. So out of the million or so members of the Screen Actors Guild, 2,100 people are picked. I am one of those people that got picked. And I'm being courted by all the major movie studios to have them say, pick me, pick me. We want to be one of the five nominees for the Screen Actors Guild Awards. And then we announce who we would like the nominees to be. And then what I've noticed, Rob, have you ever looked at, um, you know, the date book section of the San Francisco Chronicle and read something about Oscar predictions? And they will say, well, when the Golden Globe nominations come out, that'll give us a good idea who the Oscar winners will be. Yes. Or, yeah. They always say, well, well, it's hard to tell, but the field will slow down when we get to hear the Directors Guild Awards and things like that. And I've always kind of wondered why that would matter. Like, who really cares? if the Golden Globes happen or not. But what I discovered is it's really helpful to me to look to see who's been nominated for other things because it kind of narrows down the field of movies that I still have yet to watch. Okay. Uh, so how many movies do you watch, do you see on average in a year, do you think? Are we talking about actually go into the theater to see or ones that I just will watch, dial up? 
up on my television? Um, well, I'll say first run movies. So movies that came okay. out that year. Like you'll go to a movie theater okay. or you'll say, Oh, I'd like to rent that and then, you know, three months later you you rent it at home or, or watch it on HBO. I'm gonna say definitely the number total uh for both scenarios is gonna be under under five. Under five. Maybe under th- yeah, maybe even under, uh, maybe three and under. Uh, but would you say that's that's about average for people, or are you uh, not really much of a movie goer? No, I, I think that I don't see movies as much as the average American. Okay, well, let's guess then. Would you say the average American sees about 10, 20 movies a year? Ten's about once a month, you know? You rent a movie okay, once yeah. a month, or, or you go out once a month. I mean, to go out to the movies once a month, but between 10 and 20, you'd say? I'm going to say that because something's got to justify these crazy salaries that the stars are making. So somebody's going to see their movies. Right. So I would say about 20 movies a year. And you listeners listening to that, that might not seem like that many movies. But really, if you think about, that's about once every six weeks. You go out to a movie or you rent a movie and watch it at home. Okay? Um, So far this year, I have seen 38 movies. Wow. And most of them wow. have been in the past three weeks. I, I have. I've got them written down here. You ready? You want to know what I've seen? Yeah. I have seen A Dangerous Method, Albert Knobs, The Adjustment Bureau, The Adventures of Tintin, Anonymous, The Artist, Beginners, Bridesmaids, Carnage, Contagion, Cowboys and Aliens, The Debt, The Descendants, Drive, The Guard, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, The Help, The Ides of March, J. Edgar, Kung Fu Panda 2, Martha Mary May Marlene, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, My Week with Marilyn, The Muppets, Puss in Boots, Rampart, Rango, Shame, The Skin I Live In, Super 8, Take Shelter, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy, The Tree of Life, War Horse, We Need to Talk About Kevin, Win Win, X-Men First Class, Young Adult, and Captain America the First Avenger. Wow. I think the only thing I might have saw was Puss in Boots, and it probably wasn't the same version you're talking about. Well, I know the one you're talking about. You saw it down at the (laughs) O'Farrell Theater, right? Yeah. So Wow, of all those movies, I saw none of those, Jace. Okay, well, I've seen all of those movies, and all of them are in this little booklet here that I'm, I'm holding in my hand, my formerly nicotine-stained hands, I've got here that are up for nominations. And I get sent these movies on DVD screeners as well. Not all of these I've gone to see in a movie theater. I've seen a lot of them in the movie theater, but some of them I've watched here at home. And that's a pretty good stack. So I'm gonna, let's play a little game here, Rob. How many okay. movies do you think I have left in my stack to see? Oof. Wow. Well, gosh. I'm going to say you probably still have another 20 movies in reserve. Okay, you're very close. I have 26 movies I have Ooh, yet to see. Jeez, that's a lot. That's 26. I mean, I've seen 38 there's 26 left for me to watch, and my deadline for getting my nominations in is Monday at 12 noon. That's in three days. Holy, you would have to... My, I can't even do that math. It's so complicated. Mm-hmm. It would have to be 12 movies a day. No, it would have to be eight movies a day Right. for the next no, so, uh, three days. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in Kasigal. So the when they say the SAG Awards are a good indication of what to look for for Oscar Awards or Academy Awards, it's just got to be because the people sitting at home with this stack of 100 movies go, God, well, I'm not going to watch that movie because I'm going to watch this one that people have already said is great. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, that's it. That's impressive. I, I will <laughs> spare the listeners my list of shows I've seen, but... On uh, Saturday, Hallie and I, well, I personally celebrated my 80th individual music performance of the year. Wow. See? But that's what I mean. You know how many? I've probably gone out and seen four live music acts this year, and I think three of them were Alicia Witt, and two of them were Molly Bryant, you know? You say potato, and I say (laughs) potato. So this will be a little fun. You listeners, you, Rob, uh, and I are all kind of on the inside track this year to the Academy Awards ceremony. And I don't know how many people in there 
out there in the world are as invested in the Academy Awards as, as they used to be. But starting right here, right now on this show, we can make a difference and we can find out what is going to be on the Academy Awards show. And you can sit and watch the Academy Awards and enjoy it thanks to everything that we're talking about right here. Do you feel, do you feel kind of excited now, Rob? I am. I think I want to, uh, I want to get dressed up and, uh, and, and, and sit and have an uh, Academy Award. I didn't watch them last year, so maybe I will this year. Tell okay. me what I should enjoy, Jason. Well, I can tell you right now that I am first going to apologize to the cast of the movie um, Like Crazy. I will apologize mm-hmm. to Ellen Barkin, uh, Meryl Streep, Kirsten Dunst, Vanessa Redgrave, and um, the lead actor in a movie called A Better Life. Because uh, I have well, not seen those movies yet, and they are getting a lot of buzz, but I can't, in good conscience, vote, you know, nominate them for awards because uh, I haven't seen the movies yet. Now I have until uh, Monday, so I might change my mind. Um, okay. Uh, and I will also say I'm, I'm going to give this prediction that nobody from the cast of Hugo or the girl with the dragon tattoo is going to be nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award. Okay. Why okay. the movie's not out yet? Uh, well, they're not out yet, but they are... Well, Hugo's out, but the, no screeners arrived in the mail yet. Okay? Okay, yes. All right. We so I have here, in my formerly nicotine-stained fingers, the um, <laughs> book for the ballot for the Screen Actors Guild Award. Would you, are you interested? Would you like to hear who I am nominating for... Yeah, of course, man. That's the whole point of this, I thought, was who you were going to nominate. I don't care right. who okay. one of the other 2,190 people are nominating. I want to know who you nominate. Okay, so those of you keeping track at home, take out a pencil and paper. You can jot these names down. These are the people that I am submitting for nomination. Now, whether or not they come up to be uh, in the Screen Actors Guild Awards counts on uh, you know, 2,099 other people agreeing with me, mm-hmm. but my vote counts, our vote counts. So, outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. Ready? Yes. I am, nomina- I am nominating. I am nominating George Clooney for The Descendants, Leonardo DiCaprio for J. Edgar, Jean oh, Dujardin for The Artist, Brad Pitt for Moneyball, and Michael Shannon for a film called Take Shelter. What do you think of that? Um, three of the five seem to be nominated every single year. Well, they were great. Brad Pitt was okay. phenomenal okay. as Billy Bean as Moneyball. Oh, really? Okay. And you, uh, you will. Michael Shannon plays the um, the G Man in Boardwalk Empire. That actor. Oh, can I just nominate Michael Schenker for best guitarist all time? You can. That's not a category, but go okay. for it. We'll go just blow through these okay. real quickly. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role goes to, I'm going to vote for, nominate, uh, Jessica Chastain for The Debt, Glenn Close in Albert Knobs, Kira Knightley in A Dangerous Method, Charlize Theron in Young Adult, and Michelle Williams in My Week with Marilyn. Jot all those down, see if they come up, and pay attention when Oscar time comes around if any of these people are nominated. And I am going to nominate Geezer Butler for best bassist all time. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role is going to go to Albert Brooks for Drive, Benedict Cumberbatch for War Horse, Viggo Mortensen for A Dangerous Method, Alan Rickman for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, Alex Schaefer for win-win. I am going to say unequivocally that none of those people that I am nominated are going to get the nomination. I'm just sort of giving oh, it to the people okay. that I thought were great. Okay, that's, that, that seems like the kind of rogue category too because I didn't recognize a lot of the names. And uh, it always seems that way with the – this was a supporting actor? Yeah, supporting actor. Okay, okay. I like that one. I am going to nominate um, uh, friend of the show – Spencer Cullum Jr. for best okay, pedal great. steel guitar player. I will player. say, of all those people, um, probably Albert Brooks is the only one who's actually going to be nominated. Um, okay. For female actor, supporting actress, I'm going to nominate Berenice Beju for The Artist, who is phenomenal, and absolutely go see The Artist. Melissa okay. McCarthy for Bridesmaids. Janet McTeer in Albert Knobs. That's two nominations for Albert Knobs for a movie that I didn't really like all that much. Sissy Spacek hmm. in The Help. 
And Robin Wright in Rampart. There you go. What do you think of that? Okay, I like that. I recognize a few of the names. Sissy Spacek, she's back! Sissy Spacek back. single-handedly makes the help worth watching. Um, okay. Moving on, then the uh, we've got two more categories. One is outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. The, the cast I'm going to give to the films, A Dangerous Method, Beginners, The Debt, Drive, and My Week with Marilyn, I believe, unless I go with Moneyball. That's one that I'm trying. It's kind of up in the air. And, and then finally, we have outstanding performance by a stunt ensemble in a motion picture, which I can't really pay any attention to. But uh, Captain America, Cowboys and Aliens, Harry Potter, Thor, and X Men. Sure, why not? Why not? That's uh, yeah. Let, let's uh, the, those stunt people work awful hard too. Exactly. Do they just get a, a golden Vicodin, the stunt group, instead of an Oscar? Ooh, that would be a good one though. I'd be afraid that they would swallow it like the golden snitch. <laughs> well okay well good I, you know like I said don't watch a lot of movies so a lot of those actors and films were foreign to me they might as all, all have been in the best foreign film category Jace uh, we don't vote for that on the Screen Actors Guild Awards in fact you notice we don't vote for things like costumes and director and best picture and things like that it's all about ah, okay. the acting it's all about the acting gotcha. yeah, right. okay, which is why uh, there's a lot of people in there that you probably have not heard of or are not aware of, and I'm voting s- based solely on what I believe to be their performances. Um, uh, Kira Knightley uh, is probably not going to get the nomination, although she's hustling really hard for it because people sort of have a thing against Kira Knightley. But her performance in A Dangerous Method is damn good acting, especially because I've seen Kira Knightley in other things. You know, I feel like there's always a movie that comes out with a dangerous than something in its title. Mm-hmm. Right. A dangerous mind, a dangerous method, dangerous liaisons. There's always something dangerous going on in Hollywood. I like that. It's exciting. Right. So uh, that being said, those are my personal picks for the nominations. My personal right, pre- right. predictions for the nominations is that there, I, I didn't vote for either of the, or any of the main characters in The Help, except for Sissy Spacek, who I really thought did the best job acting in that movie. Um, But I'm sure that uh, Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer, I think her name is, will get nominations, so I didn't bother to throw my vote into them. And um, there's, I think Meryl Streep will probably get nominated again uh, for Margaret Thatcher, so we'll see. And I hear a lot of great things about- Fucking boring! Not you, but Meryl Streep. Yes, I hear a lot of great things about the uh, um, uh, Olsen twins sister, of course, that we talked about last week. And I'm sure she will get a nomination, but I'm not voting for her because I didn't think she was all that spectacular. And Mary. All that good. Okay. Yeah, that was that Mary Magdalena Montanena. Martha Marcy May Marlene. Yes, exactly. I feel like when Meryl Streep takes a shit, she gets an award for it. Uh, well, she probably does it better than you do. <laughs> nice one, Meryl. If you guys want to see Meryl Streep take a shit, write to us at whatdovaysaid at gmail.com. We have pictures. Yeah, your emails mean so much. Okay, so thank you for indulging me on that. I had to get all that out. It's been building up inside of me for, oh, I don't know how long. And I just had to... Explosive. Yeah, I just had to spit it out. It's all I've been focused on for the past couple of weeks. And oh, the the other thing is that the other movie I haven't seen is a movie called Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which has uh, mm. Tom Hanks and Sandra Bullock in it, which is getting Boring. a lot of well, it's getting a lot of buzz around it. But I've tried to see it twice, and Warner Brothers has called me on both occasions and said, "Sorry, we've rescheduled your screening. Can you come this time instead?" I said, "Yeah, I'll go." And then. I was supposed to go on Tuesday. They canceled it. I was supposed to go tonight. They canceled it. I can go on Saturday, and that might change everything. You know, who knows? They might be really phenomenal. But if they keep rescheduling and shuffling me around, I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. You want you want the vote or not? You know, this is totally unrelated, but it is related. It relates somehow. So friend of the show, Casey, uh, is it has a kid who's in the same school of friend of the show, Julia Roberts. Wow. Oh, well, that's interesting. And yeah, and they're they're all involved on some you know different committees related to their children. I think one's like the arts 
committee or something like that where they teach the kids how to do different art things and whatnot. And so when she's not shooting a film and she's in town, you know, she's very involved in their child's life. And Casey and her have struck up a friendship. And so uh, I am kind of slightly, you know, curious about this. It's interesting to me. I had a big crush on Julia Roberts like back in the, say, like just after Mystic Pizza and just before, say, Aaron Brockovich. I was, wow. really thought she was, yeah, I thought she was the cat's pajamas. But then... Did I ever tell you my Julia Roberts story? No. I have two Julia Roberts stories, but finish your story and I'll... And okay, I'm going to finish. Well, what turned me off from her ultimately was that laugh she does. She seems to do it in every single movie. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I do, and I can't approximate it. It's, yeah, it's like the... <laughs> you know, big fucking horse mouth laugh. and. Yes. And she seems to do that in every single film, and it really, it really bothers me. So I, I, I want, I keep probing Casey to find out if she does that laugh in real life. And, and uh, he won't tell me. <laughs> What's turned me <laughs> off to Julia Roberts, and it's so superficial. But and uh, listeners to this show, and you will will believe me when I say this, is that little spot near her eye. Oh, God, you are so funny. You are so exacting. I don't like it. It's so distracting. It bothers me. It ruins her entire face for me. I hate the little spot oh. by her eye. Jack Black's oh, got that little spot, too. Man, look for it. Ooh, God, I hate the little spot by the eye. Uh, what's your other Julia Roberts story? Well, I have two Julia Roberts stories. The first one, which isn't all that exciting, is that I was uh, in Trader Joe's and I turned a corner and I almost ran my shopping cart into Julia Roberts. Um, so, and then I looked at her and she looked up and I like saw her, had a moment to recognize those Julia Roberts and went and went mm, and sort of nodded and went on my way to not bother mm -hmm. Julia Roberts shopping at Trader Joe's. Um, nice. And, yes. Uh, my other story, which is a little more interesting, is I went to the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, back in the go day. Go Bruins. And I was a Go Bruins theater major. And I took a class called TA-170. And any of the my friends who are listeners to the show that were classmates of mine back in the day can, can absolutely validate this claim. We uh, had a guest speaker. His name is, hmm, I don't remember his last name. I mean, his first name. I remember his, his name was Brokaw, like Tom Brokaw. Um, mm -hmm. But he was an agent at William Morris. And this class we had called TA-170, every week a working professional in, in the industry would come in and speak to us, whether it was a director or a writer. John Singleton came in and talked to us. Shane Black came in and talked to us. Uh, this guy, uh, Mr. Morris, came in to talk to us. And we all sort of, like at the time, were 18, 19 years old and rolling our eyes at him, thinking that he was just full of himself and blowhard and talking out of his ass. Um, mm -hmm. Because he would say things like, well, I'm the one who makes Hollywood and we're the ones who really make things happen and we're the ones that construct everything and, you know... And we were all like, no, what are you talking about? It's all about talent and we're going to change the world. We, we hate what you say. Uh -huh. He said, I'll tell you right now, take out your notebook, write this name down. We're creating, we're, we're, we're creating uh, an actress right now who is going to be uh, the, you know, who's going to be the next big thing. We're, we're grooming her. We're, we're getting her together. She's going to be fantastic. Write this down. She's in a movie right now called Mystic Pizza. Uh, her name is Julia Roberts. And you watch her. She's going to be the next big thing. And we all kind of rolled our eyes and went, yeah, okay, sure, you're going to do this. The Mystic Pizza. It was playing down in the village, and we were like, God, we don't even want to go see Mystic Pizza. So uh -huh. that's actually a better story if you don't know the end of it at the beginning of it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, he's. Uh, I agree, but so he was right. That man was not full of shit. Right, but that's you know that story really sticks with me, especially when I'm when I'm getting this information about Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, or people like mm, Ryan, yes. you know, Ryan Gosling or Michelle Williams. You see these actors out here that sort of like like Leonardo DiCaprio was on growing pains. Right. You know, you can see mm -hmm. people like that. Or you look at someone like George Clooney, whose whose uncle is Jose Ferrer. You can kind of figure out how he got into the business. But mm -hmm. you look at people like Ryan Gosling who was who was Ryan Gosling? And all of a sudden, he's everywhere, and he's Academy Award nominated. You know, 
it's like, yeah, he's good, but why Ryan Gosling? It's because people in a room, like a committee, came together and said that he's it. He's got it. We know who, who what people want to see, and they're totally right. They're absolutely right. Well, there you go. They have the muscle. Might makes right in this world, people. It's not about fairness. It's about <laughs> right and might. Yeah, it's just depressing. Go see The Artist. That's what I'm going to tell everybody. Go see it in a movie theater. That's it. You've been charged, Dubay Nation. Dubay Nation. Um, all right. Uh, show's half over. Um, maybe we can pick up that book about Prancer from audible.com, audibletrial.com slash WDS. Or we can find out what's going on in the news. That was the shortest audible spot ever. <laughs> because they're not cutting us checks. Well, yeah, listeners actually need to go to audibletrial.com slash WDS and join Audible for, uh, you know, their 14-day free trial for us to get checks. Uh, I'm also trying listeners to... Listeners aren't cutting us checks. Yeah, I'm also a, a bit, once again, a bit rushed this week because I do have an audition today for a little show called 90210. Ooh, really? Oh, man. Get this gig. I watched that show. That's, not, that's one of the shows I, I stuck with 90210 where I've abandoned Gossip Girl. So I want to see you. And if you get on that show, I charge you to get me uh, an, uh, an autograph from that one that plays Naomi. She's quite hot. Okay. Well, my scene would be with Nancy. Is there someone named Nancy on the show? Nancy. Nancy. I don't know of a Nancy. What's your scene involved? Uh, I'm a cop and I'm at a, uh -huh. uh, like a sex toys store. And okay, this okay. character, Nancy, has come in to prevent her sister from making a big mistake. And I, as the cop, am not listening to her and arresting her and, and taking her away. I don't, why do I not know of a Nancy? There's, no, there's a Silver, there's a Naomi. Well, she might not be a, a, a main character. I don't, I don't exactly know. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I knock it, kill it. Knock it out of the park. News. Well, wait, let me ask you this. Doing? Since you watch 90210, I, since I auditioned yeah. for it before, has the scene been on that I auditioned for before? I've never seen that scene, no. The scene where... Uh, what was it? It's what a, was the one? It's a guy at a bar who's razzing mm -hmm. the bartender, saying that she's gotten mm -hmm. old at some sort of a high school reunion, and he takes a picture of her with... It, or tries to take a picture, have a friend of theirs take a picture with his uh, cell phone, and the guy breaks his cell phone. That might have happened, actually, that, that scene. It sounds kind of vaguely familiar. <laughs> yeah, um, not watching 90210. Yeah. But there, there seems to be uh, some sort of, you know, picture being taken and cell phones being smashed on a semi-weekly basis there. So Okay. Sorry. It seems like a recurring theme. I'm sure I'm talking a lot this week. News? News? Hi. <laughs> News. Okay, so you know how I love me some Michelle Bachman, right? Yeah. So did you see her latest uh, kind of uh, run-in with the people that she wants to represent so badly? There was, she was doing a book signing, and a mother brings her uh, little, cute little, you know, I think he was an eight-year-old boy, to, you know, get introduced to Michelle Bachman. But there was kind of an alternative motive in the mother presenting her child. The mother was a lesbian who had raised this child and this child was very cute and adorable so you can't judge a book by its cover and he whispers in michelle bachman's ear you know and she's all first she's all like, oh say what you want to say say what you want to say and the mother's like say it you can say it it's okay say it and he said to her basically i think i'm, I'm paraphrasing my mom's a lesbian and she doesn't need fixing <laughs> you know so it's kind of a political thing and then michelle bachman's reaction is she just i mean she her face turns ashen and she gets very mean and angry and she just backs off and she's like okay next and basically just blew off the little boy it was so tactless oh. you know she kind of shot the mean look at the mother and then you know and the boy was really shy about doing it and i felt kind of bad for him because the mother clearly was prompting him to make this political statement you yeah. know that he didn't know what he was really doing but in the interest of journalism jason i am going to go undercover I'm going to allow myself to be raised by two lesbians of my choosing for a full week. And I've chosen Lindsay Lohan and Portia de Rossi to raise me. <clears throat> um, and this is going to be – I want to really get immersed in it. So I'm going to allow them to bathe me. I am going to allow them to uh, you know, tuck me in at night. I am going to allow them to uh, cook for me, clean me, feed me. 
and uh, and we'll just see how well adjusted I turn out. I like my chances. Yeah, you don't need fixing. <laughs> you like my choices in lesbians, though. <laughs> Those are pretty good lesbians. I think Lindsay Lohan is a interesting choice as a lesbian mother. So, listeners, maybe I smell another contest. Why don't you write in and tell us who you would choose to be your lesbian parents? <laughs> yeah, I'm fascinated. Do that with your sexy Santa pictures. Yeah, exactly. In fact, the only ones we're going to consider are going to have to include a sexy Santa picture. <laughs> well, you know what? The I don't agree with Michelle Bachman uh, not recognizing that lesbians don't need to be fixed. But at the same time, I don't agree with the tactics of the woman using her no. son as a pawn. So th it's really a lose-lose on both situations there. Yeah, I agree with your disagreement on that one. Good. So it's, it is not a... No, no, no. That, yeah, let's, we'll just call that one even. Okay. <laughs> we won't even play that. <laughs> Uh, wait, 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 there's some, wait, there's some rumbling going on back there. What's, what the hell is going, what the hell is going on back there? I said you give me that goddamn video game! I'll walk right the hell out of here! You keep this up! Do you know who I am? I'm Alan Baldwin! Goddamn these reindeer! Wow, maybe we should have chosen what? less controversial guests. Wow, there is all kinds, I don't even want to go back there. Poor Reba. No. She's dealing with it. Well, well, there you go. That's tough okay, road back to, to the news. Whew. Yeah, back to the news. Did you, did you hear that? Did you get a load of that? He's he's a volcano. I did. It was very disturbing, and I I want to forget it happened. <laughs> Legless man denied wheelchair. <laughs> well, what is he supposed to do? What 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 was he approved for? <laughs> This happened in eastern uh, Sweden, and apparently, what happened, or allegedly, mm. the new apparently, mm -hmm. going into 2012, I'm going to say allegedly instead of apparently. Okay. Okay. Allegedly, the man had his legs amputated after a long struggle with diabetes, but despite, despite being unable to get about, his application for a power wheelchair has been denied. He was bitterly disappointed, said local authorities. I don't feel I got the support I deserve, said Everett Stephenson as he told the local newspaper. And the reason he was denied this wheelchair is uh, they basically said, um, what, what did they, huh? Why is this his story? Oh, it said the health authority said it remained uncertain if the impairment was permanent. <laughs> oh, is he... So he could grow back some legs. He's like a tadpole. Yeah, exactly. Like he's some sort of like lizard. You know? Boy, I hate... You simply this remove is, the tail and it grows back. This is his insurance company that's unsure if it's permanent or not? Yeah, yeah. The, the health authorities. Boy, I am... I, I know that it's, it's an old horse to screw. That's an expression, right? To talk about insurance companies... <laughs> <laughs> I like I like screwing an old horse. Anyway, sorry, don't mean to go off on. All right, such here's a serious a new, topic. Uh, here's a new news story that you might have heard even down there in your neck of the woods. Did you hear okay. about the cannonball, the flying cannonball that went through a house in Dublin up here? I not, did hear about not that. the home of Milligan, but Dublin uh, <laughs> up here near San Lorenzo and Cupertino. I did San Jose. I did hear about that. Yeah, I did. The MythBusters, right? Yes, the Mythbusters, and I, you know, I just keep seeing it on the news, and there's a story about it in, the, in, in you know, the, in one of my sources, and I guess I don't. What was the myth they were trying to bust? The myth is that you could shoot other things out of a cannon that will have the same impact as a cannonball. So they were going to put oh. several other things into the cannon and see if it if it did the same thing. And the idea was that they were going to shoot it into a like a, a pool of water, I think. Uh, which okay. would s slow down the ballistics considerably, but it, 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 it hit some sort of support beam and missed the pool of water and then, you know, shot through the town. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, because it literally went through somebody's house and into another person's house and then landed in a car or something like that. Yeah, landed on a minivan. Could you, I mean, of all the freak ways to go... Could you imagine you're just kind of casually walking down the street 
or you're in your house cooking dinner and you just get whacked by a cannonball. I mean, yeah. that hasn't happened since I'm guessing the 1800s. <laughs> Probably not. Well, fortunately, you know, nobody was injured in this thing. And I, I get tired of the, I mean, it's a terrible thing. Believe me, I, I wouldn't want a cannonball shot through my house. But the, the, the news coverage has been both kind of whimsical. Oh, those wacky Mythbusters, a, a cannon shot through the house. And it's also been very like the people they're interviewing. If I if I had been in my van ten minutes earlier, it would have been horrible. Or if anybody was on the street, it would have been terrible. Well, no, nobody was on the street. So shut up. Yeah, yeah, I hear. And people love the what if scenario, or they love it like there's like I don't know how many people live in Dublin, but let's say there's twenty five thousand people that live in Dublin, and every one of them probably has a story about where they could have been when the Mythbusters shot the fatal cannonball that would have potentially killed them, erased them from the earth like they were fucking Bluebeard or something. Oh, hell, everyone on the peninsula could have said, I could have gone to Denevi Camera been hit by a cannonball. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right, let's do that. Uh, so uh, cannonballs uh, erasing you from life. <laughs> shocker, not shocker. <laughs> I'm going to say that actually is a shocker because it's uh, – yeah, it's it's actually pretty extraordinary, and I, I feel bad for the the MythBusters because you know they they go to this place, they've gone to this place in Dublin, which is supposed to be ballistically sound. I, I don't I don't blame the MythBusters for this. I blame the people in Dublin who who hold this place in the middle of a suburban community where you fire off firearms. Yeah, uh, crazy, right? I know. Yeah, yeah what uh, that maybe warrants some investigation. We'll get Brian. We'll get Brian Finney on that one. Reba, get Brian Finney on that. Yeah. Yeah, Milligan too. He needs something to do. Wait yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, this is the last news story, but it really, oh, this is just so. No wonder I'm always just tired. Did you? The mom. The mom says her son was suspended for calling his teacher cute. Did you hear about that? No. So a nine-year-old boy at Brookside Elementary was suspended for a couple of days because uh, he was being charged with a, uh, an incident, a form of sexual harassment because <sighs> he had, was caught, overheard, talking to a classmate where he was talking about the teacher and uh, he was saying, oh, she's cute. And the teacher was appalled to be, you know, uh, sexualized and, 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 and judged that this way. And it was inappropriate behavior and it oh, disrupted God. the school. And they, and so the school's solution was to suspend the boy and teach him a lesson, a, an early lesson about, you know, sexual harassment. And, and I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? First of all, I mean, this is ridiculous, right? Am I wrong or am I right? Is this kind of ridiculous? It's totally ridiculous because at nine years old, you don't really you don't really have an awareness of that. At, at nine years old, I sat at my kitchen table and called my sister a peckerhead because I had heard someone say it. And I didn't I thought it was a funny word. I didn't know what it meant. I had to be taught that like you don't know yeah. when you're nine years old. When I was in third grade, which I guess is about nine years old. We yep. had a teacher, Mrs. Bruni, who was very, very, very cute. I can still remember to this day. And I can remember, you know, as a nine-year-old being kind of flirty with her, and, you know, like, and she would tell my mom, oh, your son, he's such a, you know, he's such a mensch. He's, he's so flirty, you know. And <laughs> you mean your, your Catholic schoolgirl teacher called you a mensch? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I, I like to think of myself as a mensch. Um but yeah, and so I thought she was cute. Now, like you said, did I know what that meant other than like, oh, Mrs. Bruni's pretty. You know, the other girls in my class were icky. She was older. She was pretty. I thought my babysitters were cute. I mean, that's a natural thing. So, I mean, now you're going to like get in these kids' minds and heads at nine years old about stuff that, God, I just don't know how we ever got through, Jace. How did we ever get through without people protecting us from us? Well, we ended up like us. I think the other thing is the, the, what I really want to know about the story is, is she cute? Yeah. I don't see a picture here, actually. Hmm. That is I, a better, that is the better, perhaps that's the better question. And the lesson <laughs> to be divined from this story. 
Yeah, I would pull the Does kid aside. Does this kid and say, have good taste? Yeah, exactly. Say, look, 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 son. You know, th- yeah. she ain't no Karen Valentine. Right? I think if she wasn't cute, that's the teachable moment where you know, <laughs> everybody can get together and be like, um, listen, all right, we're going to show you a few pictures of actual cute teachers. <laughs> we want yeah. to get you back into a frame of reference of what is, you know, your, your radar is way off, son. Yeah. I'm going to give you three days out of school. I'm going to sit and have you watch the Viagraphy channel and then come right? back and tell me if she's cute. Yeah. Does she or does she not resemble Adrian Barbeau? <laughs> yeah, totally. Wow. We should get Adrian Barbeau on the show. I keep forgetting. I actually know Adrian Barbeau. That I, going into the new year, that is your new challenge. That is your challenge. I can bring in Alec Baldwin. You can bring in Adrian Barbeau. Okay. I'll see what I can do. I haven't talked to her for a while. I haven't seen her in the office for a while. But uh, if I if I do, I'll ask her. And of course, you know, neighbor up the street, I'll be have seeing. Her wear, uh, wear the, have her wear that negligee she wears in Swamp Thing too. Oh God, yeah. And she is still. Whew, I tell you, she's still got it going. Va va biography. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm feeling the pressure of my 90210 audition creeping up on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to get in your right headspace. So, what do you want to do now? Uh, should we cover the shows quickly? Quickly, yes. Uh, amazing race. Uh, who got bounced? The oh, the the bros, surfboarders, skate skateboarders. Oh, really? The Olympian snowboarders? Yes, they were. Uh, they were really pos- They were poised to win that leg of the race, and they uh, they they were a little hasty in their destination, the final meetup destination. They put a lot of faith in their cab driver, and it uh, ended up uh, biting them in the old buttocks. Ah, uh, wow. So who's left now? It's the uh, an- the the annoying couple, the Asian girl yes. and the guy. Yes. And, it's the and then the other annoying couple from San Francisco. Right, which I can't really quite remember. Is it is it the blonde, the pretty blonde? Yes. Pretty okay. blonde and uh, typical San Francisco guy. And then uh, the uh, football player. And oh, wife. yeah, and the football players. Okay, so we're rooting for the football players then. Is that the idea? I am, personally, yes. yes. In America, you, you can root for whoever you like, but root for them too. And that <laughs> final show is this coming Sunday, right? Um, yes, that is the final leg of the race. And uh, yeah, and I probably will not be watching The Amazing Race next year unless there's a really big uh, gap in my viewing. So... So I think it's time we pick new shows, Jace, anyway. We got, we're going to make it or break it back. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I think we should pick better new shows. You want to talk about Survivor a little bit? Yeah, like, let I me really do... Feel a, a, everything uh, you were saying about Survivor happened in the last episode. Yes. Tell me everything I've been saying about Survivor. Uh, I'm just going to... All that, that bogus manipulation... And uh, the fact that I could I could see right through it clearer than ever. It's probably be from doing this show with you. Um, yes, I knew that Edna was not going to reverse her fate. Yeah, there was no and suspense. It was going to be Brandon whatsoever. And uh, again, the 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 emperor is having less and less clothes. He, the the fewer people that they have to uh watch the more obvious it becomes and i'm just i'm over it i'm over it i i at this point i want ozzy to win uh just because unless edna comes back and wins but that ain't gonna Mm -hmm. happen uh i don't want anybody else there i don't want brandon to win or any of the other tribe to win i certainly don't want coach to win especially because coach is such a camera whore watch the way coach talks about the sprint evo uh Oh, phone. Yeah, yeah. And that just... that part, that God, that gets me. Like all these people, like, oh my God, over like like they've never seen a smartphone before. Yeah, they haven't been on the island for fucking ten years. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But to, you know, he is such the the. I'll say whatever it takes to get me on camera. So I will shill the Sprint phone and get. Mm-hmm. I I'll be the I'll get the right sound bite. So I'm on camera, and that's totally yeah. what he does. Everything he says is I'll say the right thing to get on camera. It has nothing to do. I've done this before, people. I'm coach. Yeah. Hear me roar. Yeah. Exactly. So in today's yeah. climate, I wouldn't want to be a coach necessarily. No, no, no. That's, that's got a lot of baggage. That coaching. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I might be done with Survivor. As much as I enjoyed the first half of the season, the the or even the first third of this season, 
Uh, I think that high took me a little longer than I needed to. And now I'm I, looking back at the past episodes ever since Cochran swapped, it's just been really obvious uh, and not, not grabbing me. Yeah. Okay. Done, done and done survivor. It's going to w- wrap up what two more episodes. Yeah. It's got two more episodes. Uh, and yeah. then our, our torch may be put out, Jason. Yep, snuff the torch. And then I know you don't watch or even care, but I, I, I still checked in with Pan Am this week, despite the fact that I've been watching all these movies. Did you uh, hear the ratings dip was, like, considerable? No, I didn't hear. There was it's, a story on it in Variety or one of these magazines that I, I look at. And, uh, yeah, it was like they lost, like, a huge percentage from, from the past week to this week. It was just like, boop, fell off a cliff. Well, they're finally doing what they should have done again in the first place. Is they're 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 making it about the relationships with the girls. The girls are now meeting guys and sleeping around and and falling mm-hmm. in love and that kind of stuff. Like, but again, it's too little, too late, and it has absolutely nothing to do with what's come before. Um, there was a big cliffhanger on this week's episode. The girl who's the spy uh, had to shoot somebody. Um, that's how it ended. Oh. She fires a gun at the bad guy. Uh, so we don't oh, know if she no. killed him or what. But, you know, she if if the, the show ended. Finally. Yeah. Uh, and the French girl is falling in love with the captain. And he he brought her up to meet his parents. That all oh, happened. Oh, yes. I think I saw a brief snippet of that. He's like your basic farm boy or something like that, right? Yeah, but I will not miss Pan Am, and I, I recorded it, and I almost didn't watch it, but again, after watching so many heavy movies, Oscar movies, God, mm-hmm. please, we need to talk about Kevin, that movie, please, you need to watch mm-hmm. something like Pan Am just to just to wipe the palate clean. You know, I'm trying to figure out, because we have friends, friends of the show, Starry Mag, um, yeah. we, we, we bonded over the, the love of Make It or Break It, but they are or this blog, I'm not quite sure what it does, is behind a lot of TV shows and really behind a lot of TV shows. And, uh, and Pan Am being one of them, and I'm trying to wonder what, what's at stake for them. Is it access to the stars of these shows? Or like why they have such a vested interest at Starry Mag of these shows succeeding? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're just fans of Miobi. That's why we enjoyed yeah. it, and we've worked our way into the inner circle of Make It or Break It. Uh, so through sheer fandom, yeah, we're not we're, we 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 receive nothing from these from Make It or Break It. No, no, and we you know we we straight up say when show the show is falling uh, out of our fan graces as we, we yeah we did many times following the show last season. We're still it, big comes, fans. it comes from a place of love though. Yeah, exactly. Whereas uh, Survivor and The Amazing Race, we both love, but we, we, we got to cut them loose. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Breaking up is hard to do. So, Jason, tell me what are you doing this weekend? Okay, this weekend, my daughter is singing at her uh, winter concert. Um, ah, I didn't even know that with my singing introduction. Yeah. Well, she was apparently on the news this past weekend and on Good Day LA or one of those shows. Uh, she didn't bother Ooh. to tell me. Yeah, her group. Her group is um, kind of like, not like Glee, but it's kind of like Glee. You know, it's a group of high school kids who sing. Mm-hmm. and They're very good and she's very good. So they're having their concert this weekend. And then I am uh, possibly going to go see the screening of Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close on Saturday morning. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to, uh, deck the halls at my ex-wife's house, which is always, uh, awkward and strange, but I get to, you know, set up the (laughs) Christmas decorations with my daughter, but I'm doing it at the house where my ex-wife lives. And then I leave and come home and I have no decorations here. So it's, it's, it's bittersweet. Ah, maybe deck your halls first. Yeah, but decking. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work decking the halls. And once you do it, I come home and then I'm like, well, I should do it here. And then uh, I don't know. I don't know, Rob. Now just try it out. Deck your halls. Always never go off a loaded gun. Deck your halls first. Okay. Well, maybe I'll do that on Saturday. I'll deck my halls on Saturday after watching a movie about the World Trade Center. Okay. Or, ooh, I was going to say, or you can watch, uh, you know, our, our guests, Prancer and Blitzen, ham it up. <laughs> right. 
Uh, what Any do you number of Christmas movie going on? Uh, this I weekend? am. We Friday night are hosting a very special invite only screening of the movie that I happen to be in. Some God, it came out in two thousand. North Beach, the movie, but our neighbors, who we are quite fond of and have gotten close with, could not believe that I was, in fact, in a movie. And so uh, I'm going to prove it to them by showing the movie you saw. You, you've, you've been, you were at a screening. And, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do that. We're gonna, gonna, for them, they all live in North Beach, too, so it'll be fun for them to see all these locations as they were back then and how they've changed and how the city looks different. It's, uh, it's, yeah. It'll be fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I remember and, reading uh, Saturday uh, nothing. Uh, I was going to say I, I remember reading a review of the 10th anniversary. I think you sent it to me, the 10th anniversary of uh North uh-huh. Beach the movie and uh just talking about how it was a, it was made at a time before cell phones were everywhere and before Facebook was everywhere and they really get a feel of that 90s vibe. You mean this review? North Beach, this excellent comedy of San Francisco manners about a 30-year-old slacker who cheats on his girlfriend and spends the rest of the movie trying to apologize to her, never played outside of film festivals. It deserved much better. Filmed in 1999, the film is having a 10th anniversary screening at the Roxy Cinema on Saturday, and it's worth seeing. One, because it's a good movie with a fun, absurdist romanticism to it. And two, because there's something buoyant and cloudless in this film's aura that captures the pre-9-11, pre-war, pre-recession, pre-everything awful San Francisco of the 1990s. Yes, that review. Oh, yeah. That was Mick LaSalle. Friend of the show. Yeah, Mick LaSalle. There you go. Well, and, uh, you know, uh, all of you listeners, if you'd like to uh, have a virtual dream date with Robert Louis Shelley Jr. this week, add North Beach (laughs) to your Netflix Netflix queue and Friday night, sit at home and watch North Beach the movie and see Rob in it. And see his... I, I highly recommend, of course, that Holly Sorensen checks it out as well to see that Rob's got acting chops. Nay Faith, let him not play a woman for he has a beard coming. But uh, he will... Not just a pretty face. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so he robbed. Hey, I want to ask you a quick question. Yeah. While 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 we're thinking of it, um, or while I'm thinking of it, the decision to pick you know your name when you started on your acting journey and quest. Yeah. You had a moment, I'm sure, where you had to register with the Screen Actors Guild, or at least going forward, how you wanted to present yourself. You yeah. know, where you could have changed your name or whatever. And I I had a similar moment in doing that movie where I had to like, how did I want my credit to appear? And I want I was curious, was there ever any thought for you of doing something different with your name? Um or were you just, you know, I, I'm Jason Duplissy and that's who I am going to be going forward. Let everyone know. Well, there there was some thought of changing the name because it's a, a difficult name to to pronounce and remember. Um, but I was raised with such pride in my family and that I am actually the last male in my family line. And I have to carry if I don't have a male child, the family name vanishes with me i'm actually the last male duplicy oh, wow. in my family line i mean there's other duplicies out there I but i know that yeah i mean i was i was it was ingrained by my father for many many years that i i needed to have a son and of course i don't have a son yet no pressure no pressure but to carry on the family name duplicy so i when i walked into the screen actors guild i decided that i was going to be duplicy that if, if the name was going to die with me then it was going to be jason duplicy who had the name. So mm. I remember walking in and the woman who was filling out the form at that point, you had to walk in and actually fill in a piece of paper. And there was a woman there literally smoking a cigarette. And she kind of looked like, uh, that the, the, the monster from monsters, Inc. Hey, how are you? Yeah, she sort of had this sort of looking smelling. <laughs> she smoked the cigarette. All right, fine. What's your name? Jason Duplessis. All right. And I remember she sort of crooked her eyebrow and looked up at me after I said, Jason Duplessis. And she went, and what do you want your SAG name to be? Like, like totally <laughs> insulting, right? So I said, yeah. I want my SAG name to be Jason Leonard Duplissy, because that's my middle name, right? Because I was oh. like, fuck you, woman. My SAG yeah. name is Jason Leonard Duplissy. And it totally screwed me, because now, like, if I have to sign something official for SAG or anything, I'm always Jason Leonard Duplissy. That's my SAG name. Oh, your your big bold fuck you added that much more writing into your life. Yeah, and I'm not a very good writer uh, of cursive anyway. So to sign Leonard when I sign a check, please, God, I don't know. 
That's funny. Yeah, I remember my, my big thing was, was I going to keep the junior? Was I going to go the full name? Uh, was I going to just be Rob Chelly? And uh, yeah, I ended up going with the whole, the whole thing, much like you, just figuring, like, you know what? Represent. Yeah, exactly. I, I still uh, would love to hear the story of when you stopped being Rob Selly and started being Rob Chelly. We'll, we'll do that next week. I mean, you got to get to, you got to kill this audition. Get yourself on 90210 so that I can see you on one of my favorite shows. And then you, I can have you sniff around for, you know, maybe you can just go rifling through uh, Naomi's underwear drawer or something like that. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll no pressure. bring that up at the audition. So thanks for listening, listeners. Uh, deck your halls. Merry Christmas. Follow along with your SAG Awards. Send us email. And we'll see you all next week. Can you tell me? What did they say? Did you hear? What did they say? Can you hear? What did they say? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program. I said-